Misfit. Welcome back to the Misfits and Mysteries podcast. As you guys know by now, this is your weekly podcast where we cover everything from psychology and history to aliens and cryptids and everything in between. So we are your hosts, Emmy. And Steve. So Steve, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you too. I think this is coming out on Thanksgiving, right? Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, we come, we publish on Thursdays, so, so we're going to have an episode on Thanksgiving every single year for the rest of time. Yeah. So to all of our U.S. listeners, happy Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Are you and doing anything fun? Not really. I mean, with COVID, it's a little different. Yeah. We're going to be doing something outside probably with my siblings, but it depends because it looks like it might be raining on Thanksgiving Day in New York, so... We can't really do anything if it's raining, but at least it's going to be in the 60s. So outdoors, if it doesn't rain, is not out of the question, which is nice. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, but we'll see. Everything will be fine. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? I think the same, kind of laying low with family. My sister actually just had a baby this week. Oh, congrats. Very exciting. So hope to see her. I've been laying low in the city to to come back and be able to see the baby yeah, and not makes have sense. any COVID wor- worries. So yeah, that'll be fun. But other than that, nothing exciting. Yeah. I've never been the biggest fan of Thanksgiving. It's just a holiday. I mean, I don't dislike it, but I think it's like one of I my least favorites. Really? Yeah. I just like Christmas and Halloween are just superior. Yeah. It is kind of stuck in the middle of two good ones, but mm-hmm. I don't love Turkey. So but you have to love. I mean, I love like stuffing and like other things that go along with it. But I'm not yeah. a big turkey. I mean, guy. I I don't think anyone's favorite Thanksgiving food is turkey. No, I think that's my least favorite. Maybe besides, I don't like uh, cranberry sauce. So I think besides that, I think that the turkey is my least favorite part of Thanksgiving. Yeah, people the have problem- very strong feelings about cranberry sauce too. Yeah, it's just it's kind of gross. I don't know. My my parents like it. My siblings like it, but I don't really like cranberries. I'm not a huge fan either. Right out of the can, too, it's like... Oh, yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it's nasty. So it's it's nice. I mean, we also sort of started... We used to always go to my aunt and uncle's house for Thanksgiving. But that was miserable. So yeah. it's a lot better now, I guess, because we started just doing it ourselves, especially with COVID. It's going to be a weird year, you know? Last year, actually, Thanksgiving was weird for me because... So my older sister's married, so she goes down to her in-laws for Thanksgiving, and my brother and I always do Thanksgiving with our family, and so last year, I had mono, and my brother had, I think, he had a bladder infection, so we were both really sick, but the funny thing is, he got better as the day went on. I ate Thanksgiving dinner and was fine, and then like three or four hours later, we drove up to Vermont, and I was just the sickest I'd ever been in my life. Oh, that <laughs> so, is the worst. So I'm not, so I am used to having this low key uh, family Thanksgiving now. Yeah. That's what it's been the I past guess, few years. Yeah. <laughs> and on the couch. Do you ever partake in the Thanksgiving Eve festivities that I know what people do, I guess, across America? No. Young people, I mean. Because I, I usually in past years would go to my grandparents' house Mm -hmm. for Thanksgiving. So I always would be in bumfuck nowhere, Pennsylvania. So (laughs) I would not be out drinking, but yeah, 
I wouldn't go out drinking. I mean, part of it too is just that like I just didn't want to go drinking in my local town. But I would always go see my friends and do stuff, which was fun. But we always used to go up to Vermont. So I'd be sometimes I'd and the other thing too is when we were in college, it's like our college break was nice because we got out like the whole week. But mm-hmm. a lot of my friends wouldn't get back until like Thanksgiving Eve. So it wasn't even like I could really do things because they just weren't around, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. But Thanksgiving only... is, I was just going to say, Thanksgiving yeah. is a lot more fun when you can drink. Oh, for sure. The one time that I actually did something with my friends on Thanksgiving Eve, my family went up to Vermont and I decided to stay and drive it the next day. Mm-hmm. And this is like, I think sophomore year of college. So we're all underage and couldn't drink legally. And one of my friends had fake ID. So we drove, my friend has this sh- shitty Mini Cooper convertible. And we drove to this sketchy gas station and he had the windows, the roof down for some reason. I don't know why he did this. And my one friend went in to get booze and we're in this shitty little mini Cooper with the, with the like roof off. Mm-hmm. And this, the sketchiest goddamn SUV in the world pulls up next to us is blasting music. Clearly like another car pulls up next to us, clearly like a drug deal going down. Oh my, my friends in the gas station trying to buy beer and my other friends has a brilliant idea They're like oh let's put the, the roof of the convertible up so i don't know if you've ever been in a mini cooper convertible you no. have to turn the engine on to and then it makes a loud noise so he drew so much attention to us when he lifted oh. up the roof of the convertible it was the most uncomfortable thing ever and my friend finally came back out Apparently, some guy in there was just being an asshole, being like, he's not actually 21. He's not actually 21. Like, just being, just causing a whole scene about it. Oh, my God. And we finally got out and left. And it turns out my friend bought freaking malt liquor. <laughs> so, it wasn't even, like, real beer. And it's like, let me tell you what. That stuff tastes great. But it gave me the worst, like, hangover. And I had the shits the next day. It was terrible. I had to drive three and a half hours to Vermont. I'm not kidding at me. At one point, I was almost home. My mom called me and she asked if I could stop to buy like something on the mm-hmm. way. And I was mm-hmm. like maybe five minutes from home. And I really, I thought I was going to poop my pants in line waiting to buy food. Oh my God. It was like God. the worst experience of my life. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Yeah. Some bad Thanksgivings. I mean, they're not usually bad, but I just thought it was a fun story. But, yeah, uh, no, that is, that is funny. Yeah. All right. Well, do you want to get into some turkey facts? Oh, yeah. So I prepared some turkey <laughs> facts because it's Thanksgiving. So some of these are from legitimate sources and some of these are just my own personal opinion from having turkeys that live in my backyard. So not quite facts. Some are observations. Some are facts. Okay. So turkeys make some weird ass noises. Yes. I mean, that should be an official fact, but that's just an observation. <laughs> I mean, honestly... I was hanging out with my friends outdoors one night because COVID and we heard the turkeys and they sound, they can sound like coyotes if they want to make all sorts of weird, aggressive noises. Turkeys are also really mean. It can be very aggressive. If you ever encountered one. Like just in general or like if they feel like they're being attacked or what? Um, They can just be mean. Like sometimes they'll just attack people or they'll stand their ground and they have like spiky feet and they'll hurt you. Oh my God. Yeah. They're kind of vicious. So turkeys are nearly hunted to extinction by the early 1900s, but they're no longer endangered. Male turkeys are called gobblers and females are called hens. Really? Yeah. I like that one. 
Interesting. And so both a male and female turkey have a snood, which is the dangly thing on their face, and a waddle. I thought that was a gobbler. No, the gobbler is the male. That's the snood. And then they have a waddle, which is the red dangly thing on like their nose. That's a waddle. Okay. Turkeys have really fun, uh, fun names for things. When you eat a turkey, is it, can it be any gender turkey? You know, I didn't look up that fact. I looked up facts about living turkeys. That's a very good question. <laughs> I don't know. I think it depends on the poundage. Male turkeys are bigger than female turkeys. So yeah, they also don't eat wild turkeys. So I don't really know. I mean, if you hunt them, you probably do, but the general public doesn't. I actually used to think that people would just hunt turkeys and that's how you got your turkeys. I didn't really think that that people farmed them, but I guess it's kind of stupid because you get cold cut turkeys, you know? That's true. So this is another fun fact. A turkey's gender can be determined by their poop. Hmm. A male has spiral poop and a female has J-shaped poop. Oh, fun. Yeah. Tur- <laughs> turkeys can run up to 25 miles an hour and they can fly up to 55 miles an hour. I was unaware that turkeys could fly. What? Yeah. I thought that they could just like putz around if they needed to in the yeah. air, but I didn't know they could fly 55 miles an hour. My source is the Smithsonian. So I believe that's pretty, uh, All right. pretty well. Yeah, I believe them. Uh, well supported data. Another one that I liked a lot. You know, there's the story that Ben Franklin proposed that the turkey should be a national bird. Mm-hmm. Apparently what he actually said is that the turkey was, was, quote, a much more respectable bird than a bald eagle. So not quite. Not quite. But he did say that it shouldn't be the bald, the bald eagle's less And I don't agree. Do you think well, a turkey's more respectable? Well, bald eagles just steal other birds' kills. So it's not like they're doing all the yeah, hard stuff themselves. Yeah, but you're saying turkeys will just claw you with their little yeah. feet. Yeah, but also... Turkeys are better because turkeys eat ticks and ticks give you Lyme disease and Lyme disease ruins your life. Yeah, I guess. And they're just kind of ugly. <laughs> they are pretty hideous though. I'm not going to disagree with you on that one. Yeah. Okay. So before we get into the brunt of our show, there's a few announcements that we want to get out there. First, we would like to say Christmas. Christmas. Yes. <laughs> We're doing a Christmas special. So by that, I don't mean like just one episode. We're going to focus on a Christmas theme for December because Emmy and I love Christmas. So yep. for this, we're not just going to talk about like Christmas movies and something every time, but we're going to cover things like some Norris folklore, all sorts of fun things because it's a really interesting pagan holiday that was sort of co-opted and intermingled with Christianity. And there's a lot of fun folklore in the Norse countries. We're going to keep talking about Kid Nation because it honestly is getting better and better. And if you're not watching it, you're crazy. Episode two and three were so much fun. Oh, we also have a newsletter that's coming out. And it's going to be a monthly newsletter. We'll have more information probably next episode or the episode after. And we're going on Wide Atlantic Weird soon. So look out for that. We had an awesome time there. We also had an awesome time on the Geese Bumps podcast. Check them out. Yes. So a lot of exciting things coming up this December. Mm-hmm. Shall we... Uh... Yeah, let's, let's get into the episode. So. so Steve and I were looking for a lot of Thanksgiving-themed stories to do and having a lot of trouble because Thanksgiving is just kind of a weird holiday. Yeah, there's not a lot of interesting things that – we're not a history podcast, so we don't really want to go into the history of it. And the history is kind of not fun. Yeah, so 
there was a lot of stuff that we decided wasn't worth looking into. So instead, we're just going to have a normal episode and just have some overarching Thanksgiving-y theme to tie it all together. Right. So this one, I am going with a kind of a classic cryptid because Thanksgiving is a very traditional holiday. And that's Mothman. Mm-hmm. So happy birthday, Mothman. Every happy birthday, Mothman. It was just his birthday in October, right? Yeah, I think it just passed. Yes. So happy birthday, Mothman. This episode is dedicated to you and mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Yes. So everybody buckle in. So Mothman was first seen in West Virginia near the Point Pleasant area. And there's actually some controversy about who first saw Mothman, but this is the earliest date that I could find. Mm -hmm. So on November 12th, 1966 in Clendon, West Virginia, Mm-hmm. Right, right outside of Point Pleasant, a group of grave diggers working in a cemetery spotted this massive figure hopping from tree to tree. And of course, it's very dark out because they're mm-hmm. digging graves. <laughs> yes. Do people only dig graves at night? I feel like in every movie or play or Shakespeare, the grave digging is always done at night. Right? I don't know why they would, though. It seems really unpleasant and like the scariest time to be digging a grave. Yeah, and honestly, this didn't say that it was at night, so it, it might have been during the day. I just envisioned it at night. But yeah, I mean, I do too. So who knows? <laughs> we'll just uh, we'll just go with that. Yeah, keep with tradition. Exactly. That's what this episode's all about. So they're seeing this massive figure hopping from tree to tree, and they described it as a brown human being. Mm-hmm. Just imagine if it was actually a person, just like hopping around from tree to tree in the graveyard that'd be Um, strange (laughs) yeah that's like even worse so that was the first encounter but the first documented thing that was actually in like a newspaper actually came only three days later Mm -hmm. so this is in point pleasant and there's two couples on a double date in a car yeah and they're near this World War II munitions site called the TNT area. So kind of mm-hmm. like sketchy. I don't really know why they were there, but... It's West Virginia. Not much going exactly. on. Exactly. Just hanging out by the By the munitions site. plant. As, as one does. That's where you take your dates if you're from West Virginia. <laughs> exactly. Go check out the ammunition plant, the TNT factory, if you will. Yeah. It's pretty hot. <laughs> so... <laughs> According to this newspaper clipping from the Point Pleasant Register or something like that. Mm-hmm. So the two couples are sitting in the car and they see something that is, quote, man-sized bird-like. It's around 1130 at night. Mm-hmm. And they described it as being about six or seven feet tall, having a wingspan of 10 feet red eyes about two inches in diameter apart Mm -hmm. and it was like a man with wings oh wow so they said that it could fly as fast as a hundred miles per hour how do they know that though Uh, they definitely don't like 
how, how when you're standing still, how can you tell the difference between like 60 miles an hour? Maybe not 60, but how can you tell the difference between like 80 and 100 when you're just a human? If you don't have a speedometer. Well, they did. As you'll see through this story, they did start driving away. But mm-hmm. Their car, I don't think that they were going 100 miles per hour, but who knows? Yeah. And they said that it was a clumsy runner on the ground. Mm-hmm. So it's clumsy at running, but flies well. Yeah, flies really fast. So kind of like a bird. Exactly. But not like a turkey, though, because a turkey can run fast and fly pretty quick. Yeah. But I don't know. So they said that it was hovering above their car, gliding around. So they they start driving. Mm-hmm. And they drive into town. And when they get into town, the thing is just standing there in the street waiting for them. That's scary. So they flash their headlights at it and it, it scurries off. So apparently it's afraid of light. Would a moth be attracted to a light? I was just thinking that as it came out of my mouth. <laughs> That's like a main characteristic of a moth, that they love mm-hmm. light. And eating your clothing and everything that you don't want to eat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So already there are questions. Just a random aside, what the hell do moths eat besides our clothing? <laughs> I have no idea. Like, would moths just stop existing if all the clothing in the world disappeared? They can't only eat clothing. <laughs> they really can't. There's no way. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was legitimately afraid of moths, like in the way that someone would be afraid of, like, a spider. Oh, really? I hate them. I hate them so much. Have you ever the lunar moths? I have a really funny story about lunar moths. No. So lunar moths are, like, the size of a bird. Oh, I actually – I do know what you're talking about, green. but keep going. They're kind of cool. So – yeah. When my brother first got his puppy during quarantine, uh, we were up in Vermont with them. And so we had all the lunar moths because this was like the spring when they spawn. And mm-hmm. my brother's little puppy, but then not at night to pee, right? And my brother's girlfriend thought that he just picked up a leaf because they're kind of shaped like a leaf. And then she goes, she's like, hey, what do you have? And then the puppy dropped it, right? And she freaked yeah. out because it was a moth. And there was a giant moth flying around our house. Oh, I hate that. Everyone's like freaking out. The puppy's like, what the hell is going on? My really old dog's just like, I can't be bothered. It's oh bedtime. And so my dad, so we're going, right? My dad's like about to catch it. He's a cornered. And I, I said like a one at first, I was like, well, what if we turn off all the lights so it gets attracted to one area? So my dad has it cornered. He's about to get it. And my sister is starts screeching turns off all the lights <laughs> why <laughs> oh no <laughs> dad can't find the moth so everyone's scrambling we have to go to get the light back on and it takes like another 20 minutes for my dad to finally catch the thing and get it out of the house oh my god <laughs> that actually just brought up like a repressed memory for me about moth. <laughs> right, what is it <laughs> So I was in the grocery store with my grandparents. This must have been 15 years ago, mm-hmm. at least. <laughs> and we go into the grocery store to grab some ice cream after dinner, and we come out, and the sky is 
covered in moths. Oh my god. It was it must have been like a hatching or something. Ew. <laughs> but I'm not kidding. There was millions of moths. Like the air was thick with moths. That's and, a disgusting term. Thick with moths. Right. And so we waited inside the grocery store for what felt like forever. And then we're like, all right, we just gotta go for it. And we ran through and it's they're all just like hitting you like a a waterfall of moths. Oh my god. So I'm sure that's why I'm afraid of them. That just brings up another quick story about <laughs> bugs. So have you ever been to uh Utah? Yes, I have. Do you do you go to like Salt the uh, the Great Salt Lake? Mm-hmm. When we were there when I was a little kid, there's like a wall of gnats between mm-hmm. like the shoreline and uh the water. So I was really little. I was probably like four or five and we were in the salt lake and then we got out and my dad, my mom went through, my whole family went through and I freaked out because there was a wall of bugs. So I just stood there and just froze. So I had to run back through the wall of little bugs, grab me and run back there again. I had to go through the bugs so many times. Yeah, the the Salt Lake is actually like pretty gross. Yeah, I know. It's it's a interesting place though. Yeah, it is. All right, you can get back to anyway. <laughs> Where was I? So they shine a light on the moth man, and uh, and it scurries away. And they called the police, and they went to police went to look for this creature but never found anything so this newspaper article kind of sparked some additional sightings and the gettysburg time which was a newspaper in a nearby town reported Mm -hmm. eight additional sightings in the three days following the the first claims oh wow so this is now five sightings in the past six or so days Mm mm-hmm And it's at this time that a Ohio newspaper, which Ohio is kind of right near the border of. Yeah. um, West Virginia is kind of weird like that. It's not that far from New Jersey. It's not that far. Obviously it's borders Virginia. It's not that far from Ohio, that far from Pennsylvania, from Pittsburgh. Yeah. And, and Point Pleasant in particular is close to Ohio. So the Ohio newspaper officially dubs this creature Mothman. So that's kind of when, the name first comes mm-hmm. about and people speculate that he called it Mothman to sound similar to Batman, which is oh, kind of, that's kind of funny. It's kind of funny, but it doesn't really fit. The descriptions sound more like a bird than a moth. Birdman. Like Birdman sounds kind of cool. It could have gone Batman too, but I bet that's trademarked. Yeah. So that. So as these stories are coming through more and more locals start to believe in the mothman and the prevailing theory at this time is that he lives near the nuclear power plant and he kind of lives in this like top secret government facility where the nuclear weapons are tested so maybe he was the product of some government thing that went wrong or you know they were testing weapons and a man got combined with a moth or something like, <laughs> you know, all of these weird conspiracy theories start running around. Mm-hmm. 
there's some other notable sightings that I'll take you through that happened around this time. So this is Newell Partridge. He lives in Salem, West Virginia, Mm -hmm. claims that he saw strange patterns on his television screen one night. Oh, wow. And yeah, so it's like tampering with his TV, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it's followed by a mysterious sound. And then there's flashing light and he looks out his window and staring back at him are two red beady eyes. That would be so scary. Like, that's the right? worst. Like my worst fear as an adult is being in a house and looking out the window and just seeing a human or anything like that just staring back at you. Right. At that point, there's not much you can do. Because what do you need to like, call the police if they attacked you? By the time no, they got there, like, it might be too late. Already right there, it's been looking at you. Mm-hmm. And it's not afraid to look back at you. Oh, I know. So it's believed that this also led to the t- disappearance of Newell's dog. Ooh, that's not good. So Mothman eats dogs. That's not nice. I guess so. And maybe that's what moths eat. <laughs> maybe. Really dogs if we dogs. didn't have clothing for them. So maybe it's good that we they eat our clothing. Yeah, true. One of the most notable things that Mothman has been linked to is the Silver Bridge incident. Mm-hmm. So there's this bridge that I believe it connects West Virginia and Ohio. Mm-hmm. So... In this article says, the bridge's engineers had not been particularly imaginative, nor had they been especially cautious while creating this structure. Mm-hmm. So it didn't have a lot of reinforcement. So if any part of the bridge failed, there was nothing in place to prevent other parts of the bridge from failing as well. Wow, that's major, major design flaw. Right? Not what you want in a bridge. <laughs> Yeah, usually when you have a design flaw, it's like one issue. That's like the entire bridge is a design flaw. Yeah, so it's like if one thing goes wrong, the whole bridge is going down. Yeah, that's not good. So this is one day in December in 1967. Mm -hmm. So it says a single eye bar near the top of the bridge cracked. So the chain snapped and the bridge fell to pieces so there's all of these cars and pedestrians on the bridge that are just falling into the Ohio River. Oh, that's which is terrible. That's no good. Yeah, so 46 people died and two Ooh. people were never found. Wait, how many people were never found? Two people. Although you said 32. No, no. <laughs> 46 people died and two people were never found. So terrible, terrible tragedy. Mm-hmm. And around this time right after the bridge collapsed the sightings of mothman just stopped oh wow which is weird it's very strange did mothman blow up the bridge is he really a supervillain? so john keel who wrote the book the mothman prophecies Mm -hmm. which i think who wanted us to I think it was um, we were interviewing uh, Kian from Wide, Atl- Wide Atlantic Weird yeah. two episodes ago. Yeah, Kian recommended this to us, and they later turned it into a movie in 2002. Mm-hmm. 
John Keel wrote this book in 1975, and it was called The Mothman Prophecies. And basically what he did was link the bridge collapse with Mothman sightings. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's this small town in West Virginia, and it's known for two things, which is Mothman and the bridge collapsing. So people just kind of started linking the two. Mm -hmm. And Keel says that the Mothman sightings were actually premonitions about the bridge collapse so Uh, so it's like a warning if you will yeah so the moth i don't know if the mothman was trying to warn them or if he was going to do it i'm not exactly sure but it was like a bad omen seeing the mothman yeah yeah exactly and he also linked mothman to ufos and men in black so he's really just tying everything together Mm -hmm. a lot of weird speculation flying around but this book actually launched mothman into the national scene so after this book was released people started talking about it around the country and you know as i said it became a movie in 2002 so kind of following that point pleasant started taking this on as like a tourist attraction and they have a Mothman festival every year that's said to draw around 12,000 guests. It's pretty big. Yeah. It's pretty, I mean, that's sizable. Yeah. And like a weird city in West Virginia. That's pretty good. Probably a big boost to their economy. So good for them. So they have a 12 foot statue of Mothman. They have a Mothman museum and research center. So they're really just hammering this Mothman thing home. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, But yeah, I mean, good for them though. Exactly. Like if you got it, might as well capitalize off of it. Yeah. If you can improve your economy. Yeah. So the sightings didn't just happen in West Virginia. And since then, there's been a lot of conspiracy theories like someone saw Mothman at Chernobyl or right near the World Trade Center before 9-11. So I don't want to put that out there because mm-hmm. that's definitely not a thing. But Yeah, I mean, I feel that's like always happens, though. I, yeah. I feel like, especially in the internet age, I feel like there's one thing that uniquely belongs to one area, and then the internet co-ops it and tries to make it a global phenomenon. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's the same thing as Slenderman, where pe- remember we were talking about during our Halloween special, how people sort of co-opted Slenderman, even though everyone knows it's fake, and tried to insert him into history, even though, and like pictures by like doctoring yeah. images. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, but what's kind of cool is in 2020, so this year, there was a petition that got thousands of signatures to replace Confederate Army statues with a statue of Mothman. Yeah. Which is kind of cute. Um, did that succeed? Because... I know there is a Mothman statue. There is one in Point Pleasant, but that was erected in 2003. Ah, so a long time ago. Yeah, so let's see. This is 18,000 signatures. Wow, that's pretty good. Is that like on change.org? Yeah. I wonder who's going to be forced to read that. Some poor intern. (laughs) I know. But yeah, that's awesome though. Good for them. I like that idea a lot. I do too. I mean, it's fun. He's he's a 
better icon. Also, what I don't understand about uh, having Confederate statues in West Virginia, West Virginia seceded from Virginia during the Civil War and joined the Union. So why would they be celebrating slavery? That doesn't, I mean, not slavery necessarily, but why would they be celebrating the Confederacy if they literally ditched Virginia to join the Union in the middle of the Civil War once they're like liberated? That doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. Well, I'm not sure... Oh, yeah, this this is to West Virginia State Senate. I wasn't sure if it was to all statues across the country, but, yes, it's it's to West Virginia. That's a weird one, just because historically that doesn't add up. <laughs> right. But we're not going to get into the politics of that. We're not a history or politics podcast. Yes, but I will say that I do support it. <laughs> I do support I do support removing statues of losers as well. Yep. Um, okay. So, do you have anything else on Mothman? Because I have a quick little recent Mothman story here for you. That's, uh, that's about it on Mothman. All right. So, back to the idea of co-opting. The city of Chicago really likes to steal Mothman from West Virginia. So, mm-hmm. especially around Chicago O'Hare International Airport, they're like big airport. Mm-hmm. That's where these people really like to claim that Mothman hangs out. The sightings of Mothman started about 10 years ago around in Chicago and around Chicago O'Hare airports, like in the Burbs. And people claim to be seeing a man who's about six to 10 feet tall, about a, about a 10 foot or larger wingspan. So sort of matches the description, maybe a little bit taller than West Virginia's Mothman. And they yeah. people claim that he or she vaguely resembles an owl or a bat and has red eyes. So in 2017, mm. there were 55 sightings of this winged beast, and it didn't stop there. Two most recent stories were in 2019, a truck driver saw a creature at the airport. So this guy worked at Chicago O'Hare while he was in the packing bay, and the creature he said was the size of a man, had its wings spread out, and is in the cargo parking lot. And then this year, September of 2020, a United States Postal Service worker who worked at the airport reported seeing the creature while she was leaving work one night and she thought it was a very tall person in a trench coat, which is like kind of a funny description of something that people will say looks like an owl. Yeah. She turned on her car and the headlights illuminated the creature. And then according to this postal worker, Mothman or whatever this creature was turned towards her and ran straight at her wings outstretched screeching. Oh my God. Took off about 10 feet away from her and flew away. That is yeah. terrifying. Yeah, so there are still Mothman sightings. And I just got to say, if Mothman's supposed to be like an omen of bad things to come, Mothman kind of missed the mark on COVID. Could have could have yeah. shown himself seven months ago, eight months ago at this point, whenever it was, <laughs> whenever we needed to know about it to stop it. But no, he's like, oh, I'll show up in September. <laughs> yeah, he was a little early, but... I actually have something that I wanted to say about Mothman that I forgot. Oh, go for it. So this is actually like one of the most important things that I wanted to say. (laughs) So there's a few explanations for Mothman sightings, but this is the one that I think is the most convincing. Mm -hmm. So Robert Smith, who is an associate professor of wildlife biology at West Virginia University. Yeah. He posits that the Mothman sightings are actually the Sandhill Crane, mm-hmm. which can be used 
almost as tall as a man, and it has red fur around its eyes. Ah, that can explain the red eyes. Yeah, and it can fly really fast, and it lives in this area where all of these people have been seeing the Mothman sighting. So, to me, that seems like the most plausible. That's very interesting. So, actually, I didn't know Mothman was a thing until... I believe it was COVID, but it's hard to say at this point because time is a suggestion. <laughs> right, especially but, these days. I know, but if I actually, there's a great, great series from PBS called Monstrum and Dr. Emily Zarka, who I love, she like did a whole, it was like a 20 minute episode on Mothman. She went down to West Virginia and like just met with the, all sorts of people. I think she met with that guy because I talked about that thing, like the yeah. uh, train. You should check that out if you're interested in Mothman. You get a full overview of the of the history. And also, you should support PBS because they make free content <laughs> that's really good for us. And I like PBS yes. eons as well because I like learning about dinosaurs and stuff. So if you yeah. view it, it's good. And I, I only touched the surface of some of this stuff just to give an overview, but there was a lot. Yeah, we, we might do a deeper dive on Mothman at some point. Yeah. I mean, we could spend... We could do a two-parter just on Mothman. Oh, easily. This is just your overview, so don't be upset at us if we tell the full story. We'll we'll dive into that eventually. Right. Yeah, After this- December. December's Christmas time. Christmas time. Woo! So this is kind of moving away from our bread and butter, but <laughs> I thought it really fit in with the whole Thanksgiving thing because... Besides overeating and over drinking and generally feeling like shit because you overate and overdrank, yep. people watch football on Thanksgiving. And football is fun. I love football. It's one of my favorite sports to watch. And one of the traditions of Thanksgiving Day football is the Detroit Lions losing. Because <laughs> they suck. And I know this is probably in, actually I don't know. I don't really know what how what percentage of our viewers also like football, but my favorite little tidbit that kind of came true is the curse of Bobby Lane. So Bobby Lane was the star starting quarterback for the Detroit Lions during their golden years in the 1950s. So this is before the NFL and AFL combined and became the current NFL. So there's no Super Bowl yet, not till the 60s. Okay. So the Lions were like one of the most dominant teams during this span. Bobby Lane took them to three. They won three championships with Bobby. But the thing about Bobby was that Bobby Lane was beloved by Detroit. Detroit, everyone knows, is like just has this tradition of being a blue-collar working city. Mm-hmm. And his whole thing was like he was a working-class guy, basically. And his whole thing is the night before games, he would drink all night long, he would get in trouble with the law, and then he'd lead the Lions to a crazy fourth-quarter comeback and win. Then the next day, he'd be in court somewhere. <laughs> um, that is absolutely a psychotic work environment yeah he is a he is a legend of the game i mean he is a hall of famer he is the greatest quarterback the lions have ever had and he was just yeah and eventually the detroit lions just got fed up with his antics so they signed this veteran quarterback tobin wrote and he and lane split time right and lane was pissed off about this because he was a superstar you know mm-hmm. everyone loved him and he was kind of pissed off about it. I understand why like Detroit was probably not happy with a guy who would get really fucked up the night before games. Right. They, and like have legal issues. 
the end of the day, if he's winning games, I mean, you got to sort of just take the good with the bad, you know? Yeah, exactly. So they're sharing time, which he wasn't happy about. And then one game, Lane was hit by two defensive linemen and broke his leg and was out for the season. And Rote ended up leading the Lions to a championship. And Lane was really bitter about this whole thing. And he was traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And apparently on his way out, Bobby Lane said that the Lions would not win for 50 years. And then the curse of Bobby Lane was born. And it's wild how bad the Detroit Lions are and how bad they've been since they traded him. Let's hear about it. So I I wrote down just some of the highlights or lowlights, if you will. So. Mm At one point, the Detroit Lions had a crushing loss where they lost a game on a 63-yard field goal to a kicker who only had half of a kicking foot. What do you mean? He just didn't have the front of his foot. was gone. He had a, he had a nub. A kicker with a nub kicked a 63-yard Why field goal. Why did they make him the kicker? I don't know. I don't know. But the crazy thing, too, is so back then, 63-yard field goals were like, that didn't happen. That's something that happens occasionally now. It's still hard to hit from that far out. But this guy had half of a foot. Then they had a playoff game. That is devastating. They haven't won a playoff game. They've won a single playoff game in 50 years. And they had this one game where they held the opposing team to five points, which is hard to do. Five points would be a field goal and a safety, right? Mm -hmm. If you hold the team to five points, you should win that game. They scored zero points. And then this weird thing has happened too where the coaches tend to just make irrational decisions when they're up. For example, they had a big lead in one game against, I think it was the 49ers and they were in their own end zone and they did a fake punt and it just didn't work. And they scored. It's gotta be so in their heads at this point. I know. And there's all sorts of wacky drops and just things like that. The other example is Barry Sanders. He's one of the greatest players of all time. He has the third most rushing yards of any running back ever. But because he was a lion, he ended up retiring prematurely because he was just sick of it. He has the most yards, the fastest, because he just gave up. And he actually has the record for the most negative yards run because the Detroit Lions are just such a shithole. And finally, to make things even worse, there hasn't been like a good quarterback besides Matthew Stafford, who's pretty good, but the Lions quarterbacks now are constantly get really nasty injuries on hits. It's like the considered the most cursed position. Like Matthew Stafford's pretty good. He has great stats. He's never really won anything, but last year he broke his spine. He's fine now. He's playing again, but he has a, the worst injuries. Oh my god! And then to show the other side of the coin, the Pittsburgh Steelers are one of the greatest franchises in football history. Mm-hmm. Before they traded for Bobby <clears throat> Bobby Lane, they had zero playoff wins, and since the trade, they've won twenty eight playoff games and have five Super Bowls. And to the icing on the cake, the last Super Bowl they won was in Detroit. <laughs> so you think what I mean, that they they passed off? good luck i think that bobby lane was his spite cursed them like literally the season after he somehow put a curse on them the season after they sucked and they've sucked ever since and the best part is so i was watching like i've known about this for a while but i did some research before this i was watching nfl films and they legit just i think it's hysterical the nfl decided to interview a psychic for this oh my god (laughs) Yeah. 
And this psychic actually had a really reasonable response to it. She thinks that part of the problem is that the curse is just so well known now and it's perpetuated by the fans. So whenever anyone gets into the organization, they just start to crumble because it's like there's an expectation that everything's going to go wrong. Yeah, it's probably just like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, exactly. That's the idea. It's probably just a self-fulfilling prophecy. Everything just goes wrong and it because they're the Detroit Lions. But oh, it just but that I mean, in a way, that is a curse. It is, it is a curse. I think that this is the most real curse. This curse is more real than the mummy curse because <laughs> this curse is self-fulfilling. <laughs> yeah. And happens time and time again we can see it yeah that is oh that is devastating just this year they the um the first game of the season the lions should have beaten the bears but their rookie running back had the ball wide open right in the end zone and he just just didn't catch it he just dropped it like a really easy catch i probably i am not good at sports and i probably would have caught that ball and got a touchdown it was like wide open just dropped it is the misfortune continues to this day so is the curse supposed to only be on thanksgiving no but they play every thanksgiving which is why i thought of it so the curse has technically been lifted because they've won one playoff game but it took 50 years which is kind of crazy that's still it doesn't seem like it's been broken yeah you don't do that and be like wow all right like you did it guys like that's still embarrassing yeah it's pretty bad so I mean, if you don't that interested in sports, sorry, everyone, but I just thought that's a fun one because football is a major part of Thanksgiving, and I think that like this is such a great story, and it makes sense. They play every single year on Thanksgiving. They lose pretty much every single year. Yeah, no, I love that story. <laughs> yeah. We love a good curse on this show. We do love a good curse. Oh, actually, speaking of that, a fun little piece of trivia is they actually entered King Tut's tomb on Thanksgiving Day. Is that what you were trying to think of earlier? No, I can't think of what I was trying to think of earlier, but that's, uh, that is what happened. This year they're going to, or last year? No, no. I meant like uh, Thanksgiving uh, 1926 is when oh, they oh, oh, oh. King Tut's tomb. Spooky. Yeah, spooky. That's just fun piece of trivia. Being in the Detroit Lions, they lost 0-20 to 20 today. Oh, my God. They suck. <laughs> They should just be abolished. I know, seriously. <laughs> so this was my favorite episode of Kid Nation to date. It was pretty good. It was yeah. pretty freaking good. So. It started off really strong, too. Yeah. So do you want to start off? Yeah, so did they start at the party or was there something? I think so. My first notes say they're doing shots incredible. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we start off in the saloon Mm -hmm. and the kids are having a party yeah they are they're drinking root beer like there's no tomorrow what what were those shots they were doing inside of the root beer i know they're doing like a boiler maker but what soda and what soda like what was the white soda i have no idea it really looked like they were like a sake bomb or something yeah i know seriously or like, like a Jaeger shot, or not a Jaeger shot, a, uh, yeah. a Jaeger bomb. A uh, Jaeger bomb. Yeah, yeah. Jaeger bomb. That's what I meant. I couldn't think of the name of that because, like, whew, I haven't repressed done memories in a long time. <laughs> it seriously. I still like don't mind how Jaeger tastes, but I just I'm an adult now. I don't want to drink Jaeger. No, 
What that's do you even drop it into? The Jaeger bomb is like a glass of Jaeger. Then you have a shot glass in between. When you drink the shot glass, no, sorry, I, I lied, I lied, I lied. You have a shot of Jaeger, not a shot of Red Bull. And then you have Red Bull and a cup, and you have a shot of Jaeger, and then you just chug and you drink both at the same time. A Jaeger bomb is Red Bull and Jaegermeister? Yeah. That is disgusting. I know. That's revolting. Oh, my God. We used to do that when Nightly. we were in London. We do that, like, every night. <laughs> we do that all the time. Oh, my God. That's so gross. I don't want to drink, like, either of those things, really. Now I just want, like, a nice beer or two. I don't want to, like, have – but I think I got, like, all the alcoholism out when I was 18. <laughs> Which is good. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, just just get it out of the system real quick. I used to just drink like out of the bottle with liquor. I you, would vomit if I did. Guys, that. Steve was freshman year crazy. I know, right? Like off the rails. Oh my god. Uh, I I used to drink just like rum out of the bottle. Now if I smell rum, I get nauseous. <laughs> well, remember I was obsessed with that grocery store brand vodka. Oh, uh, Tesco. Yeah, it was like Hey Tesco and, sponsor us. Yeah, it was Tesco vodka. It was like eleven pounds for a bottle. And I dressed up as it for Halloween. That's how much I <laughs> drank it. And now I I swear to God, I could not drink gray goose if you gave it to me. Like I no, can't drink I, any kind of vodka. I can do vodka if it's disguised well. I can never do a shot. I don't think I can do a shot of anything anymore. Yeah, shots are just not in the cards for us anymore. Yeah. Like, I, did, I hate tequila, but I can do tequila and like a margarita, but that's about it. Anyways, Greg was pounding back this like it was nothing. Greg's oh. going to be really fun in college. He has some anger issues. I did not like Greg in this. He's also 15 and hormonal, and the poor kid probably hasn't like jacked off in a, a few weeks. I literally, my so my first note is about the party. My. Second note is, Steve, do you seriously still like Greg? <laughs> yeah, I do. I like him this episode. He's such an asshole, but like, he's oh not wrong. Oh my God, no way. <laughs> he's no such an way. asshole. <laughs> so, so they have this party and then the next morning they have to get up at 7 a.m. Okay, he was, he was cranky. He had a sugar rush. <laughs> he... Literally, there's a scene where he drags this girl in her sleeping bag all the way out into the middle of town and says, everybody just leave her there because she wouldn't get out of her sleeping bag. That I mean, is he so is funny. an asshole, but like, I'm team Greg. I think he's the most useful. I think if Greg was gone, the whole town would fall apart. And it, then he dragged her into the middle of town and called her a bitch. Yeah, he, he had foul. He was foul mouth. He I guess was, they do in Nevada, though. I did not like him. He has some weird, toxic masculinity thing going on. I just think that he's a he's a 15-year-old who's going through puberty. Everyone's really mean when they're going through puberty. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you have to like him. I don't know. He's the most useful. But I just thought that these kids were... The way that these kids were just chugging was insane. It was insane. How do they even know what that is? Like a I don't know. A Jaegerbomb kind of drink. They were just chugging. It was insane. Well, they probably drink. They're like 15. It's not out of the question. 
Yeah, but not. I mean, were you doing Jaeger bombs when you first? No, I would like steal a beer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, but I will say, everyone, it was a little ridiculous how they're all like, they seemed like they were hungover because like they had fucking like sugar. Yeah. But I do have a story that reminded me of. So junior year of college, someone gave my roommate and I all these like crappy Saranac, like uh, uh, Saranac's a good beer, but like Saranac, they have like these fruity drinks that are not quite seltzers. They're just like a knockoff Mike's hard. Oh. Um, and they're like disgusting. Is it the like green tea seltzer? They weren't seltzers. This is before seltzers were. This is before um, anyone was making hard seltzers. But yeah, is I can. Hard soda. It was like a um, Smirnoff Ice ripoff, but it was Saranac brand. Oh, I and don't know if I've ever had those from Saranac. Don't. They're so gross. So I didn't have enough to get drunk, but there's so much sugar in them that by the time I went to bed, I felt more hungover than I had in my life because I just had a crazy like sugar crash slash yeah. dehydration. It was yeah. awful. That's supposed to be like the worst kind of hangovers is like the sugary drinks. Yeah. And I, this is like before I woke up, like this was me like before bed. I was like, oh, I feel hungover. I haven't even drank enough alcohol to get drunk. This is terrible. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds awful. All right. So then they go in to read the book. Mm-hmm. So my one question is like, this book has all these things. What are the odds that the kids are naturally getting really rowdy and need a bedtime Right before the next chapter of the book says you have to instate a curfew. Yeah, I mean, the book is definitely fake. Oh, I mean, yeah, no way. That was from 1800. But I'm just saying, like, they definitely just invent things to go along with what's happening. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like a reality TV show. The producers have to have some kind of... Also, these kids read, like, one page or section of it. There's no way in hell I want to read the entire book and just see what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Also, I wrote down, does Laurel have a cold sore? Maybe. It looked like she had a cold sore in one of the one of the pictures. Could be. Could yeah. be. And then they decided the bedtime was gonna be nine thirty. Like what the hell? That's so early. Well, they're getting I mean, they're kids though. Like some of these kids are literally eight years old. Yeah. That's you have to get up early too. I just had to get up at like four thirty or five when I was on that construction site. Mm-hmm. And I still wouldn't go to bed till like 11 because I can't fall asleep before then. Yeah. I just thought 9.30 was a little bit too early. But I'm just thinking when I was leading camping trips, we would go to bed with the sun. Like we'd go to bed at like 8 p.m. Well, we I guess were waking up I guess that's a little different. Because you're tired and you have nothing to do when you're hiking at night. <laughs> yeah, but what are these kids going to do at night? Do they, I mean, I guess they must have lights. Yeah, they have to have lights. Otherwise, they'd be going to bed. Yeah. Yeah. So Greg threw a tantrum, which I agreed was not great. Yeah. So next, the next scene is just like, I think someone got mad at Greg for putting this girl in the middle of the town and he just starts going off screaming at everybody. And I was also thinking like, he's, he's like an actual like teenager just fighting with these children who he could pummel to the ground if he wanted to i know i think that he doesn't really have anger issues if he had anger issues he would have hit someone right i think he just is hormonal and just needs to get it out somehow you know yeah and i was just thinking like he's probably it's like when you have to hang out with like your little sibling yeah i, mean, I know 
But he does have one friend who he's like actually friends with who's his age who's there. Yeah, so. yeah. But it, it, it just must feel for him like he's hanging out with all of these like little children who like... Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't want that either. Yeah. And then, so what I liked about this episode is there's a lot of character development. Mm-hmm. But that, I mean, they showcase some people. Like Colton. I still think Colton's a dick from last episode, but he's kind of funny. I liked how they had like the uh, Texas Bighorn. I thought that yeah, thing yeah, was yeah. going to kill him. I thought, <laughs> kind of fucked up, but just imagine how awful and kind of funny it'd be <laughs> just skewered him. <laughs> yeah, it would be terrible. Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> um, And it, it was so sad when Greg was screaming at everyone. All of the little kids were hiding under their sleeping bags. Like, mm-hmm. I can hear Greg talking mean. I know, that's kind of sad. And it's important to note that one of those girls was Mallory. Mallory. We met Mallory and Olivia, sisters, who wrote a book with Andre is his name, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, they wrote a book recently. So check it out. We might be talking about it in a future episode. We'll see. Hopefully. All right. So where the hell have they been hiding Morgan this whole time? She's a great character on Green. Morgan is a great character. Why are all the best characters on Green? And then they just hide them from us. All of the best characters are on green, but green performs so badly in all of the challenges. There's no like physical capabilities. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But they, it does seem like they have good leaders on green. Yeah, but I hate yellow. Yellow is the absolute worst. So this is kind of the next thing that happens is it's like breakfast before the challenge. Mm-hmm. And yellow just makes hash browns and has people like put their hands out and you get a handful of hash browns and that's all you get for breakfast. I literally wrote, bro, a handful of potatoes for breakfast. Fuck that. Yeah. They're also wasting food, just throwing flour at each other outside. Yeah. And it also seemed like it was super late because Taylor, who, as we know, is the leader of the yellow team was like, oh, this is going to be brunch. Yeah, I know. So So that was their breakfast and lunch was just a handful of hash rounds. These kids are going to starve. I know. The worst thing imaginable was having a yellow team that's just all little kids. I know. That was the stupidest thing they let happen because the little kids are useless. And Taylor is a terrible leader. She is awful. She's actually a bitch. I don't like her. Well, we'll talk about that later, I'm sure. Yeah. So I think the next thing that happens is the challenge, right? Yeah, the challenge. This is a fast-paced episode. So the challenge this time is they had five minutes to, like, get ace cards or whatever off of sheep. And they had five minutes to do this. So there's, like, 40 sheep or whatever. Yeah. And the kids have to find the the sheep that has their group's color ace card on them and grab mm-hmm. the, grab the card. Yeah. It was very chaotic. It was so chaotic. And yellow one, which I hate them, so I wanted them to lose. But at the same time, it's perfect that they're the number one seed because they can't ruin society. Exactly. So they don't have to do anything, which they mm-hmm. won't anyways. Yeah. It's, it sucks that they're the upper class, but whatever. But like at the same time, at least, like they should just be the merchants the entire time because the merchants are the least important people. Do you remember what the uh what the rankings were i didn't write them down uh yeah it was 
blue or like Greg's and Andre's team were um, the merchants. Green finally made it to the cooks, which is where they need to be because they actually know how to cook. And then mm-hmm. red team got, which is Mike's team. I still hate Mike. They're the <laughs> bottom tier people. They have to clean like the poop. Yeah. So I feel like that's where people should be, honestly. Yeah. Oh, so after the challenge. Oh, after the challenge, they had to decide between 40 pizzas and a microwave. I kind of would have gone with the pizzas. I know, but I think they made the right move, though, because, like, pizzas, like, they have no way to refrigerate it, right? Do they have a... I couldn't remember if they had a fridge or not. I don't think so, because they're all saying it's going to spoil. Yeah, because I was thinking that, too. Like, if you have 40 pizzas and 40 kids, that can feed you for a week. I know, but at the same time, a microwave speeds up the process. You can cook so much stuff with that. Yeah, but when you're cooking for that many people, I feel like a microwave is not that helpful. That's true. That is actually very a single microwave. That's very valid. Yeah. What are they even going to make in a microwave? Yeah. So they ultimately ended up choosing the microwave. Mm-hmm. But what I'm wondering is, do they just throw away those 40 perfectly good pizzas? Where the hell did those go? I don't know. Do you think there were actually pizzas in the those bags? I think there must there had have been. To be. There had to be. Yeah, and, and Taylor's the one who decided to to take them, even though they were split. And I love how she compared herself to George W. Bush. Oh my god. I literally wrote down like this is such a sign of the times. Yep. So um, she goes, President Bush has to be bossy to get people's attention and run the country. And did you also notice how the whole time when they were instituting the curfew, they were talking about law and order? Yeah, that's true. I was like, oh my God. Okay, so the next thing that happens is besides Yellow just still being freeloading assholes who aren't helping and just enjoying having a dollar, there's like a tornado that hits. (laughs) He said, do you think the producers organized the tornado? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But I just wrote, this is downright irresponsible. They need to get into a basement. Seriously, like, their structures are just being blown over. Yeah. All the outhouses are just, like, flying across town. Oh, I know. That was nuts. So they had to get all the big kids. I forgot his name. I think it was Zach or something. Stood mm-hmm. up and just told everyone what needed to happen, and that kid showed some good leadership. I hope that somehow he dethrones Taylor because he's the only kid on yellow who's reasonable, apparently. Oh, I thought he was on red. Oh, was he? I thought he was yellow. I might be wrong. I don't really know who he is. Yes, he was a new character, and I want to see more of him because he really took ownership of that situation. And then I just thought Morgan is the best. I don't really know what that was in reference to, but sure. (laughs) Morgan Uh, is really awesome. Yeah. I also wrote that. I I said I love. So when they go into the meeting, right, to um, Mm -hmm. at the end, I absolutely love how everyone just fucking rips on Taylor. Yeah, that was... demand a re-election. So, Sophia in particular, who's on the green team, stood up and said, Taylor, you're doing a bad job. Deal with it. And started saying, re-election, (laughs) re-election. Yeah, that was awesome. Taylor's just standing there crying and nobody cares. I know. Those are such fake tears, too. I know. She's just trying to get her way. She's the worst. But I kind of did feel bad for her. I did, but, like, still. Yeah, and she – so Taylor says, 
okay, you guys, like, I hear you, like, yellow is going to help clean up the town, which we will see. I don't believe that for a second. I'll believe it when I see it, seriously. All right, so then Mallory wins the gold star because it's her ninth birthday, which I agree with Greg on this one. That's kind of bullshit that she won it just because it's her birthday. Yeah, I mean, their argument was, like, the smaller kids don't usually get the gold star because they can't do as much physically. But, like, what had Mallory really done? What was, like... She ran the merchant shop, which is the least important thing in the entire place. Yeah. I mean, if you, like, show some initiative or... I don't know, but, like, even when Greg was yelling, she was just hiding under her sleeping bag, crying. Yeah, she did nothing. I, I don't think she deserved it. I, I was just going to say she has this amazing quote where she, so she gets the gold star, so she gets to call her parents. And she has this amazing quote. I will never forget this birthday because I got the golden star and I'm in New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm wondering is her dad said something on the phone call along the lines of, I hear the uh, school bus stop by. And I always makes me sad to think that you guys aren't here. Let me think, are these kids missing 40 days of school? I wrote down the same thing. They must be missing school for this. That's insane. I actually I wrote did so all these kids get held back? Like what the hell? What do their teachers think? What do they tell their teachers? I don't know. That makes no goddamn sense. This should have been done in the summer. Well, I mean, it must be happening during school. I It has to be. I have no I have no there's no explanation. I have yeah, no it, like, idea. Okay, when you're eight years old, you can miss some school, whatever. But, like, Greg's in high school. Yeah, he's going to have to get held back. He missed a month. Or not be held back, but it's either going to be a pain in the ass to return to high school. I mean, so is Mike. Sorry, not Mike. So, so is Michael. So is Anjay. So is Sophia. Like, these people are all in high school. And it, it matters. It does. If you miss school in high school. Yeah, so I Like, that's going to be on your i have no idea how that's gonna happen greg's talking about like how is he gonna fund college maybe start by going to school (laughs) yeah it's valid like (laughs) god i don't know i don't know and so my absolute favorite thing of the episode is the very did you watch the end credit scene i think so where jared's in the hammock and sophia just pushes him down he gets stuck and then walks away that was funny that was so good that was great and he goes what was that for and she just goes nothing (laughs) (laughs) that was i think my favorite part of the episode because she just bullied the weirdest character jeremy is so weird i know kind of scares me i wonder what he's doing now yeah so i guess that's it for our thanksgiving episode oh i i actually have a picture of him and he looks like a total stoner oh yeah i mean of course he is of course that kid definitely gets high he probably is getting high then somehow i know seriously all right so we're gonna wrap up today's episode now i hope you enjoyed our thanksgiving special with air quotes i mean (laughs) it honestly it wasn't that different from a normal episode but whatever it's on Thanksgiving, so we felt pressure to make a thanksgiving episode (laughs) so remember next month we're going to be doing a christmas themed month we're not necessarily going to do christmas every single time but more like holiday themes and a lot of like the folklore so have a more folklore focus. And I don't think we're going to really do dedicate like a month to a topic 
besides maybe December. Cause I feel like there's so much that we can cover in this time. So yeah. And if you guys have any suggestions of good Christmas themed things that we should go over, just let us know. Yeah. And honestly, we might even do some sort of story thing or get you guys involved. Um, we want to try and be more of a community. So we'll see how that works. Absolutely. And again, we have a new newsletter coming out soon sometime in December. I mean, I need to figure that out still. And check us out on the Geese geese Bumps. Did you mean a Goosebumps podcast? We recorded a great mini bump with them. It was really, really fun. I thought it came out really well. We're going to be on Wide Atlantic Weird soon. Um, Check out our past episodes. Those are great. Uh, Shout out to Y-Files. They talked about us on their most recent episode about Bigfoot. So check them out. They're a great podcast as well. And remember to just leave a review on iTunes, comment. If you write something that's funny or nice, we will, we might read it at the end of an episode or at least put it out on a fleet. Shout out. Yeah. So you can follow us on social at podcast underscore misfits, Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Twitter and Instagram. We have a blog. We've been posting our blogs lately. Um, it's just misfitsandmysteries.com. Everyone have a happy Thanksgiving. Make sure to share this episode and just tell someone about it if you like our show. It really helps us out growing wise. And uh, stay spooky as always. Stay spooky, everybody. Love Bye. y'all. Bye. Bye.